kept thinking, I just want my own place. So you've got more freedom. Yeah, to... but I can do what I want. I knew I couldn't afford to get on the front. Okay. But I knew also it's quite a niche thing that I'm doing. So I knew that we wouldn't get the right punters on the front. Right. Don't start my life on that. <laughs> She's already been eyeing up venues in Lytham. Saying, oh, let's, let's open another one. I'm like, let's get this one oh, running right, first. Hello, I'm Chris from Blackpool Unlimited, and this is our third podcast. Oh, welcome! Yeah, so Ooh. today we've got Russ Brown from House of Secrets Hello. in Blackpool. Hi, Russ. Hello. How are you? I'm very nice. Very good. Jolly good. Who were the other? Who's been the other three? Oh well, Jed. We've had Jed. 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 Who else? And uh, the ladies from Women's Rocking Choir, Tanya and Jackie. You'll know them. Rocking Choir. Rocking Choir. As in the rock. Not eat rock. Oh, do you know? I never asked. No, you Maybe. should have checked that. You need to check it. It's important. <gasps> what if that's part of what they do? Yeah. And I've thought rocking as in yeah, jiving. rock in choir. Yeah. Oh well. And who else? Who else? That's it. You're number three. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, House of Secrets. We met a long time ago, didn't we? We met a long time ago with your initial idea. Uh, yeah. I've had loads of different ideas, but it would always boil down to what's basically become the House of Secrets. So the initial idea was um, a family theatre in Blackpool, wasn't it? Yes. That was yeah, the initial now you've thing. Said it. Yes, I remember. And and with a bit of heritage, taking over Cyril Critchlow's old place on Coronation Street. Oh, you need to explain that a bit. Go on. So Coronation Street, it's now a closed shop. Uh, I bet, do, do any of you remember this? Am I the only old person here? <laughs> right, so basically Cyril Critchlow was Blackpool legend. There's a full section about him in the library. Oh, wow. Uh, the Shawtown's going to have a full section about Cyril. Uh, Cyril was uh, a member of Blackpool Magicians Club, a brilliant... He looked like a wizard. He was like a little wizard. And he had a shop on Coronation Street called The Witch's Kitchen. So you went in and it had a cafe. Yep. On one bit, and then there were a magic shop where, like I said, that was literally something light out of Harry Potter. It had an old smell to it and weird mm. tricks, and Cyril looked like a little wizard with a little pointy beard. He looked like a little Dumbledore. Um, downstairs, he had a magic museum, but upstairs, he had a theatre, oh. which I've recently found out is still intact. It's still there. I mean, it's pretty smashed up, but the theatre still exists. Oh, how interesting. So that was my original idea. Right. So did he inspire you to start all this in the first place? Is that part yeah, of it? Yeah, Cyril, I, I did magic from being five years old because oh, my God. cousin gave me a magic book. Then that was it. At I was five? At five years old. I read that magic book. I learned every trick in the book, literally. I did stuff like if there was a trick that needed a piece of rope, I noticed that my mum's curtains had rope on the top of it. <laughs> so at five years old, I got chairs and pulled down my mum's curtains to pull the piece of rope off and got told off. I bet. Uh, and things like that. Um, but, yeah, and then Cyril was a big help to me because I moved to Blackpool when I was eight, found the witch's kitchen, and he, I showed him a few tricks and he noticed, you know... You had a talent. Yeah, that I, was, that I wasn't just messing about, that I was really into it. And then he sort of took me under his wing a little bit and helped me with Black, get me into Blackpool Magicians Club, everything else. Oh, wow. So you've worked all over Blackpool. Mm-hmm. You've done bits for Pleasure Beach. I've done shows, uh, full summer season at the Pleasure Beach, shows in the Horseshoe Bar at the Pleasure Beach. 
12 years at Blackpool Tower. I was resident at Pontins. Uh, I've done all the piers. Wow. Even when South Pier had a theatre. Uh, the Grand, I did a summer season at The Grand, being and Steve Royal. Oh, wow. Uh, lots at the Opera House. So, yeah, pretty so, much all So, of all of that together, and then you thought, what I really want to do is open my own. Yeah, I'd thought it for years. I'd thought it for years because of getting frustrated with, I don't know, I I won't say which venue was a good example of this, but some venues you would go in and do a show and then a manager would walk through and hear one part of a joke uh, or see one part of a routine then they'd be like, no, no, take that out, you can't do it. It's like, did you watch the whole thing because you've seen it out of context? Oh, and right. Silly little things like that. And then eventually I just, I kept thinking, I just want my own place. So you've got more freedom yeah, to... Yeah, but I can do what I want. And also that I can bring in visiting magicians that are, you know, when a magician's in town and they phone me up and say, oh, I'm in, I'm in town, I'm at Preston doing a show, Brilliant. I'm at Manchester doing yeah. a show, Come over I'm coming over... Then I'll say, oh, why don't you do something in the bar? Which is, you know, we've only been, we haven't even been running a year yet. Um, but we've had some oh, decent wow. names on in there already. So it's called House of Secrets. <clears throat> it's mm-hmm. on Church Street, part of the Winter Garden. Yeah, it's part of the Winter Gardens complex, straight opposite the church. So I think what might be interesting for people is the process you had to go through to find your premises. Uh, to find the premises. So I had the idea for a long time. I looked at Cyril's old place. Um, which was, oh, I can't remember, something like four grand a month to rent. So that was straight out the window. And we're just like, yeah, that's not happening. No. Um, <laughs> and I, I kept looking at different places, and especially after after COVID, because I lost all my work, yeah, all my money, because I didn't qualify for any grants, because I do work in Sweden, and that sort of, in some stupid way, Knocked you it, couldn't, yeah, right. it, that the work out there knocked it all out. So I didn't get anything. It was just a nightmare, and that's when I thought stupidly because I'm an idiot. <laughs> this is a really good time to start a new business <laughs> during now's, COVID. Now's the time. So, so yeah, so I looked at a few different venues, and the f- main one that I was looking at was oh, what was it? It was Bella Pasta. Oh, right. You know, the Bella Pasta, it's now a tapas bar. Right, okay. By the Grand. Which is a bit smaller for the way the shows would have been than my venue. So you you had that area in mind? I had that, yeah, I wanted town centre, really. Main drag, where all the... I knew I couldn't afford to get on the front. Okay. But I knew also it's quite a niche thing that I'm doing. So you thought carefully about who your customers were yeah, going to be. Yeah, I thought about who the customers Families. were going to be. Yeah. Knew it would take a longer time to build up. You know, I would expect it to take two, three years to build it up fully. Build a to, following. Yeah, to where I want it to be. Okay. Um, because it was so different. So I knew that. And the venue, when I was looking at the Bella Pasta venue... I phoned up Michael Williams. I phoned you up and asked about it. Yep. And I phoned up Michael Williams at the Winter Gardens. And I just said, you're part of Blackpool Bid. What do you think? Yeah. And then Michael said, funnily enough, we've just had a place come empty. That I think would be perfect. And that's where it all come from. That's where it all stemmed from. And that ideal for you because it's right next to a busy venue anyway. So yeah. lots of people get to see you. Yeah. And the Winter Gardens are working brilliantly with it. 
So how long did it take from that initial <laughs> initial conversation there might be something available to then actually? Uh, from that to that, uh, a good 12 months. Lots of processes to go through. Yeah, lots of processes to go through. Um, we were, Michael said, and I think you said as well, don't do anything until you've got a licence. Yeah. Because you can't open a magic bar without a licence. And I contacted the licensing and at first they were like, well, it's saturated in that area, so probably not. So and that's then, the alcohol license yeah. that we're talking about. Yeah. And then as we went through the process and they realised what the vision was, that it, I didn't want a rowdy bar, I didn't want that. Yeah. Um, then, you know, they, they went for it and then that were it. I started doing the work. So was there anything that... Because I remember us having a chat and maybe thinking about business rates. Was there anything there that surprised you that you weren't sure about? Or was it just that? I was very worried about rents and business rates. Um, And the rent I knew was okay. But I was worried that the business rates were going to more than, you know, make it so that my rent was more than... impossible. You know, it was double and then it was... Not going to work. Yeah. Um, but I think I worked with you on that about business rates. And yeah. you told me what to do and yeah, where to find it. Yeah, and so where to find it all. That out. information's available on a yeah. public record, so we must have looked at that to yeah. work out where you're at. So you were happy once you found that bit of information out. What about all your bills? How's that been going with? Uh, electricity is a nightmare, but was from the outset. The electricity company phoned me up and said, "Oh, you've took it over. We're going to go from the reading now, and that's it." So we'll send you, we'll, we'll sort you all out. So they set it all up and then two months in, they sent me my first bill and it was thousands. Oh, wow. It was a ridiculous amount, like it is for a week now. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it was like a ridiculous amount. So I phoned them up like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and they just said, oh, yeah, because you're a new customer, we'll just put you on an emergency tariff. Oh, and, and at no point did you think, oh, no, that was up to you. And I went, well, I didn't know anything about that. Oh, interesting. So I'm still paying that back. So that's a good tip they, for people. Yeah, it's Make a good sure tip. You know as soon you as you do it, phone them and get a tariff because they just put you on their rip-off tariff. And oh, wow. there is literally nothing you can do about it. And nothing. they don't discuss it with you. No, actually. it's like £1.50 a day standing rate that's before harsh. the electricity. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it was insane. So you've got all that sorted, obviously. So that's all everything. sorted. First of April, my contract's up with them, so I'll definitely be moving. <laughs> no did, you ha- what. did you have to do much with the premises once you took over? Did you yeah, to- the premises was an art gallery before. Oh, right. So we had to do everything. We had to literally tear it apart. Refurb. Yeah. It had one toilet that was broken. We oh. needed two. No storeroom. It needed a backstage area. It needed a stage uh, sound and light putting in, it needed wow. tech putting in, so when you're doing close-up magic, cameras can pick it up on the stage. Um, yeah, it needed everything doing. The floor was, uh, one part of it was wood, one part of it was carpet, one part of it was some resin that the guy had pulled down from B&Q that were meant to be self-leveling, but he just didn't know what he would do. It was a mess. Oh, wow. So it you was, needed to sort all that yeah, out. Yeah, we had to start from scratch, literally. And make it look stunning, which it does now. Thank you. <laughs> So when are you open? What days are you? Mainly weekends at the moment. Okay. So it's mainly weekends. We do, uh, whenever it's school holidays, we're open all the time. Brilliant. But the best thing to do is check the website because it's it's mainly an event venue. Yeah. Sometimes, like tonight, we'll open it just as a bar. 
but it's mainly and that's the way I want to go that you come in to watch a show that you buy a ticket you come in to watch a show Um, so that's the way to check but the trouble is no one ever thinks we're open because when we have a show on the blinds go up for half an hour you come in you get your drinks, yeah. get settled down, then all the blinds go down. So from the outside, it looks like, it looks like nothing's going on, oh. which is sort of a double-edged sword because people don't know what people think yeah. we're always shut. But to the people inside, that's the hook. Right. That's the hook that you, they're in this. You get it feels own. like you're in this secret venue. It feels oh. like you're in this secret place. Oh, interesting. Which people really love. But when you're trying to keep it, Secret is not as easy. How's the secret? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Of... <laughs> I mean, the initial idea was that it was going to be a speakeasy magic bar. That was my initial idea. Right. It was going to be a rock shop. Oh. So through the day, it was going to be a rock shop. You know, like they have it with all the... Yeah. The, the big stand with all the rock on it. Yeah. So people have walked past. But then... But then you push night. a door in it and you're in the bar. You're in the venue. Oh, wow. And we let people know inside the rock, it says, this is... The secret, this is where you've got to go. Oh, that's almost to this too website. complicated. It's a similar <laughs> thing. Is that, have you been to the wash house in Manchester? No, but I've seen yeah. I've seen it online and seen thought, the thing like that, that looks fun. Yeah. Yeah, just looks like a lone trip. Yeah. I took my wife for a birthday and she was like, What on earth? Where are we? And we just went into this mucky laundrette and I picked up the phone and then all the doors opened. How fabulous. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Well, maybe you can do that for your next one. Oh, don't, don't start my life on that. <laughs> She's already been eyeing up venues in Lytham, saying, oh, let's, let's open another one. I'm like, let's get this one oh, running like, first. I like her thinking, yeah, Lytham. No, she wants, she wants like, a franchise of it. And, like, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> let's get the first bit done. So are there any other tips you want to pass on when you were taking on premises? Yeah. Any tough things? My that... big thing is to say to listen to people, get advice. Okay. That advice, people, people like you, I was phoning you and annoying you quite often and saying, what about this? How does this work? How does this work? I did the same for the licensing people. I did the same for the licensing people yesterday because it's the magic convention coming up. So right. our license is till 10.30. Right. But I organised the magic convention and I know that the shows finish at 10.30. And then so, be... Yeah. So I needed a, a license till 12.30. A temporary event. Yes, that's it. Attends. Yes. yes. Yeah. So I had to, I was annoying them today. Well, you didn't bring up. me and ask me that. Oh, no, I did it and they phoned them and they were like, yeah, yeah, this is what you need to do. And they were dead helpful. So ask the questions. There's ask no... the questions. Rob Wynn at West oh, Coast yeah. was excellent. Brilliant. Because I phoned up Rob and said, this is what I'm thinking of doing. This is what I want to do. And you've had a business there for a long time. Yeah. What do you think? What's, what's and Rob good? was brilliant. He just said, come to, the, come to West Coast, we're going to have a coffee and I'll tell you everything, and he did. Everything you need to know. He told about. me, all oh, where are we going to go wrong? He said, he said the p- first thing not to do is just open it constantly because you've got it. He said, open it when you do a show. He said, because you're soon going to lose all your money. And there were lots of things, advice oh, to give me that good were good. that's good to know. Yeah, it was really good. Because the cost of opening it and running it, especially now with all the yeah. electricity and yeah. whatnot, is more than you'd get from passing trade. And yeah, that's it. Right, brilliant. But if I'm putting on a show and I know people are coming in, yeah. But you I've still got to find that thing. It's like Halloween. I couldn't put enough shows on. Oh, I'd put a show on and it'd sell out. I'd put a show on and it'd sell out. Uh, Christmas was good, but then I had to cancel loads because I got really poorly. Oh, no. So that was a nightmare. So I had to, it's the first time I've ever had to cancel shows. Oh, wow. But was so you real. need a deputy. I need a deputy. You'd have to train me. I'm well, we've got, <laughs> we've got lots of visiting magicians. 
But because I do little bits on BGT here and there, I pull in little favours from people who've just been on BGT. And ah. So, like, there's a young lad called Ryland Petty, and he's like, he can't get in there fast enough. <laughs> He'd do it every day if he could. Oh, wow. But he always does an amazing job. He's like, they love him. So that's an added extra that people come in to see the show as might get to see some Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's been nights where, you know, people are just in on a normal night, and they walk in and Stephen Mullins sat in there. Yeah. There's been nights that the the walk in and Richard Goodell's in there with Sutty and you know there's wow. visiting magicians pop in. Yeah. So you have got that little thing that you don't actually know who's going to be in there as well. There's quite often, yeah. You know, magically especially It'd be a surprise. Yeah. You can have a little celeb in there now and again. Brilliant. I don't know. Is there anything else we need to? I don't know. Any last bits you want talk to talk about? What's your favourite jam? <laughs> Apricot. It's not really a jam, though, is it? It's more of a jelly. <laughs> what do you think? It's a jelly. But it's the best on croissants. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good finish. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>